0: This is Krista Wright, and you are listening to All Points Whole, an open conversation with seekers and journeyers alike on the path to becoming physically, spiritually, emotionally, and mentally just that, All Points Whole, with a W. Welcome back to All Points Whole. This is Krista Wright. And today I'm very excited to have with us Katie Hughes-Jones. She's a local teacher in this community. And we will be discussing the reopening of schools And what all that entails. Katie uh, is a local. She went to school in Georgia at Berry College. She moved back to the area. She's also a certified yoga teacher. And we are happy to have you here today, Katie. Welcome.
1: Thanks. I'm happy to be here.
0: So let's get started. Tell me your thoughts about your initial thoughts about everything that's kind of going on right now as a teacher?
1: Well, initially, my main concern is is the students, um, their well-being, um, the well-being of the teachers. Um, So initially, that's the main concern, is how can we keep everybody safe? How can we keep kids learning, keep them socialized? Um, And then the thing that backs that up is, okay, so how do we do that? How do we try to keep everybody safe? Um, And that's really where we are right now, is just trying to figure out, What avenues we can offer, what avenues we can take to try to keep everybody safe and um, healthy, not just physically, but mentally, too.
0: And I know you said there were some different options that you guys were given as teachers Mm -hmm. and then different options for parents as well. Can you speak to that at all?
1: Yeah. um, In Johnson City, and that's the school system I teach in, teachers, along with parents, both got surveys. Um, Teachers were asked, do you want a remote teaching placement Um, or do you plan on coming back to school? Just kind of, um, feeling that out to see, um, who would like to do remote learning. Um, and then parents also had the same option, um, to sign up for either coming back to school in person or doing online, um, remote learning is what we're calling it. Um, but that remote learning for parents, um, there's an application process and there's pretty, um, rigorous, um, qualifications you have to meet okay to i didn't able, realize that um well and it's really just a time and a commitment more so than anything mm-hmm. um our we're really fortunate in our city that they're offering hotspots and devices for children in need um i'm not so sure about the younger grades but i know for sure fifth grade and up have access to that oh wow that's awesome oh yeah um so that's a really awesome thing but then having parents available to be able to oversee all that learning that's Um,
0: the issue right right. or one of the issues one of the big issues yeah um
1: johnson city has a huge um population that lives below the poverty line and a lot of those people work nine to five jobs fast food retail um and they're not able to take their kid to work they may not have anybody there to be with them that nine-year-old may be at home um And then is responsible for that remote learning. Yes. And it's not like what we did at the end of the year last year where it was optional and um, nothing really counted. Right. Everything will count this year. Right. So, um,
0: well, you know, and and speaking as a parent myself of two children with IEPs mm -hmm. who were in kindergarten last year, we're not definitely they're not prepared for first grade in any way. And they were pushed forward anyway. Mm -hmm. That's a huge concern of mine. I also have an almost 12 year old who attends private education who's been totally fine with the remote learning. Um, He's definitely missing socialization. He was actually crying about it the other day. Um, But as far as remote learning, that works for him, but that's not going to work. For my kindergartners, and I'm very concerned that they're just going to be behind every year and how that's going to affect their self-worth, their self-esteem, and how it's also going to pigeonhole them into a certain category for the rest of their lives.
1: Yeah, I, I totally understand where that fear concern comes from, but also it maybe like the other side of that is Every single student in the United States, most of the world is faced with that same, maybe not the same um, learning hindrances or, you know, they're all different. But everybody, all, all teachers have to come into this school year knowing that, like, I teach second grade. Right. Those first graders are definitely going to be on a first grade level when they come to me. Right. Um, And so, yes, there's going to be a deficit, but it's going to be across country wide yes right it's gonna affect everybody and how do you think that affects our future oh man um <laughs> i'm more concerned about the mental aspects of it um, yes just the um the traumas the children are trying to deal with as opposed to the actual lack of education or uh access to education
0: So you're more worried about those children at home that are in neglectful situations, possibly being abused, parents that are addicts, and they've become latchkey kids trying to teach themselves.
1: Yes. And those students are always a concern for me. Right. But um, like I have a friend um, who shared some concerns with me about his daughter. She's going into seventh grade and they are not any of those things that you just mentioned. They're uh, affluent. Uh, you know, parents are married. They both have good jobs. Right. The daughter is involved in extracurricular, is social, that makes good grades, takes good, I mean, plays an instrument. Anyways, he shared the concern with me, like I'm concerned about her mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, And so to know that there's, Kids who come from, I don't know, fairy tale homes. Like that's just a right. generic term. Yes, but yes, that they're still struggling with the isolation and really just this lack of control. Like I can't do anything that I want to. Right. Um. That that concerns me because I I the school I teach at has a high um high rate of students that live below the poverty level, so. Uh, I'm more aware of those types of things. So I maybe don't give as much concern to students who don't come from those types of issues. But hearing that perspective really kind of was like, oh, man, this is this is affecting everyone.
0: And, And I can speak to that just because I am privileged. And like I said, with my 11 year old who goes to private school breaking down because he essentially has not seen most of his friends since this started, you know, sports were canceled things like that. So it's been very difficult for him Mm -hmm. mentally.
1: Yeah. And, and the teachers too. Um,
0: Yeah. Let's speak. We haven't
1: seen each other much. Um, Cause like, I mean, I've spoken to this a few different times, but the concerns of at risk children are, you know, the forefront of your mind. And, but now all these layers are getting peeled back. Um, And we had a, a meeting, just a zoom meeting with um, our principal and teacher just is like kind of an informative, like what's going on. Yeah. Um, and basically the, um, the message of that meeting was don't plan on anything um, other than everything subject to change. Right. Mask up. Good luck. Wow. I mean, not that's my, that's totally <laughs> hashtag my, mask up. Good luck. That's, I like it. That's I my like deduction. It. But there is this sense of just intense Stress. Right, just these questions. Like you, you, it was almost palpable through the Zoom meeting. Wow. Um, just people have underlying conditions. They take care of their parents. They have children who may have an issue. Um, and so it's this. People are just kind of caught in this place where it, there's a lot of anxiety.
0: Right, and I know they recently had a meeting. Right, mm-hmm. the school board. Yes, and we've been pushed back a week. Mm-hmm. Right. Do you believe that we will start on
1: August 10th? I believe that learning will start on August the 10th. Okay. Now, how that's going to look, I'm not sure. Um, The language that was used in the school board meeting on Monday um, is kind of vague, but it almost sounded like we're going to use this week to prepare teachers in case we have to go to fully remote learning okay? because that I think is the biggest issue too, is not many teachers are comfortable doing that remote learning. They just don't feel comfortable like they would in their skills if they were able to be in a classroom and sit down at a small group table and work with a group of four students. Cause those are things like we can't do right now. Right. Um, maybe through logistics, but like I said, everything is subject to change and that um, newness of the remote learning. A lot of people who, Yes, would much rather do it at home because of an underlying illness or whatever. May choose to be in person just because they don't feel comfortable in their skills as a teacher to do it remotely. No, I mean and that, that puts totally puts people makes in sense. a place of just anxiety and um, and I worry about that. I worry about all of us coming together with all of that anxiety. Yes, and so it's so important to try to show up. Self-care, self-care for everybody so that we can all show up trying to be a little positive and um, right. let that spread as opposed to all that anxiety that's wanting to mm-hmm. get around.
0: Well, in the disparity between and and sorry to keep bringing up my children, but I can only speak as a parent right, yeah. from this. I'm not an educator. Um, you know, we were fortunate enough to enroll those two little ones in Sylvan twice a week mm-hmm. to try to catch them up. That's very expensive. And um, honestly, haven't seen much improvement. Yeah. With the retention. Um, and so, again, I know I'm going back to speaking to the underprivileged, but those parents, they don't have access to that. No. And so it is causing more
1: of that divide. Right. And it's not a willingness, but the ability to be able to provide these types of things mm-hmm. for those students. Um, mm-hmm. When we went to remote learning, I had a mom that called me and was asking, like, do you think it, a pawn shop would have a laptop? Because a lot of these students, they have a phone. Right, and that's the only internet access that home has, Yes. and you you can't do remote learning on a phone,
0: well and even paying for internet access
1: exactly is expensive, which, and again, like I said, I know for this year at least through fifth grade, and i uh, I'm sorry, I can't be quoted on this no but it's fine. i th- I think that even lower grades who um would be able to meet all the other requirements of the remote learning. Okay. Other than the device and the hotspot, I, I'm, I think the city is going to provide those.
0: So, right. So there will be hotspots. Mm-hmm. Do you know where those are at all? Would it be the library?
1: Um, I'm not sure. Probably the home school. like whoever, like if you're, whatever district you live in would probably the school that would distribute, um,
0: well, no, I mean, like, if you didn't have access to Wi-Fi oh, and you can't afford it, that's what I thought
1: you meant by hotspot. Well, it is it is like a little mobile. Hot, it is Wi-Fi. Oh, OK. So that they okay. can access the Internet. It's okay. like their own little um, hotspot. Right. Yeah. So
0: they don't have to go anywhere yes, yes, for yes, that. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and those requirements may not be um, so hard to meet especially if they're given a device and access to the internet. But um, a thing that I just know, like my mom holds a position where she is over attendance and um, tons of funding comes from that. Yes. And I want to talk if about you that have a, If you, you had children in school this year, mm-hmm. we've recently in the last few years, the state has upped our um, accountability for attendance. Okay. Um making it just a lot more loops to jump through and it all has to do with funding trying to keep kids in school um and so that's kind of the catch-22 is how do we do remote learning and how do we know that you're actually doing it like how are we going to mark you present and so i know that that's been a huge issue um in the school side of things is like how, okay. Not to mention a child
0: with ADD, which I have, and, you know, procrastination, um, putting things off until the last minute and then kind of getting it all done, you know,
1: and right. not really
0: retaining Precisely. what and they're so maybe learning. You got the, I, I
1: know there were some things pinged around, like if it's submitted by a certain time, then that can count as towards your attendance. Well, like you're saying, somebody that's procrastinating
0: hmm
1: may rush through just to get it done because after so many attendances like y- you're going to be truant and there's going to be consequences and your parents are going to have to go to meetings you know and it's just this whole wow oh yeah um which and that's all directly tied to our funding so that's yeah. why it's so um important
0: well and i saw that the <laughs> cdc i believe released last night they've kind of changed their tune mm-hmm. um i believe that they were threatened to have their funding cut if they did not advocate for this but they have now and i sent you the link i'm not sure if you got a chance to look at it but um they are now advocating for all schools to start in the fall mm-hmm. um and And supposedly there's something that I could not find this morning, but that I heard about through a second party, a bill that it's called like the COVID-19 bill that is supposed to, if the school does not open, giving funding for children to go to schools that do open. I don't know if you've heard about that. It's brand new, like, hot off the press. Maybe. When I looked for it this morning, I could not find it.
1: Well, I think that I heard this morning, maybe on NPR, um, that our president had changed his tone on yes. opening schools and had kind of backtracked and said, oh, well, maybe it's not such a great idea. So, Oh, really? Yes. Just, okay. And this was just recently, you know, just how he recently decided to wear a mask as well. Right. Um, yes. So, maybe... That that will because um, that's crazy. Yeah. I just I don't I, I don't I would hate for any of this to be politicized or um, it's just it's such a hard thing to know what is right. Yeah. Um, but I think if most people have that or if everybody has that is like their main goal is like I just want to, you know, do what's best for me and my family and all these people around me. I want to be a decent human being. Um, (laughs) I think that's how we fix most of these problems. Right,
0: right. So you spoke a little bit earlier about this community and who we are as a community. Mm -hmm. Can
1: you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, I was mentioning, um, there was a news article printed in like a major publication a few years ago. I'm not sure. You could probably Google it and find out. But Johnson City is one of, um, the top ranked cities in the United States when it comes to, um, poverty and wealth being close to each other. Like we're not as um, segregated um, as other cities. Um, lots of our uh, wealthier neighborhoods back up to housing projects. Yes. And um, and so that creates a mixed school district. Um, I'm not sure of the numbers, but close to half of all of our elementary schools, if not half, um, are Title I. And that means they get specific funding for having a certain number of students Um, that qualify for, um, free and reduced lunch and certain programs. Okay. Okay. Um, so I just think that, um, our community is, is very blended. Um, and there's lots of mixed, our whole district's not going to be remote and our, I mean, maybe like we may be, but that won't be a choice like for most people, um, I'm not sure where I was going with that. Sorry.
0: No, well, you're, you're great. So what do you feel about the sensitivity of the state? Um, because funding does rely on attendance. Um,
1: how do you feel about that? Well, um, different strokes for different folks. Like, this is a different time. And we're not in a traditional school year. We're not in anything traditional. Nothing is normal. Um, And so I think maybe the way things are funded should be looked at. Maybe something should be changed. Um, just simply to have students in their seats to get money so that you can teach said students. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not that shouldn't be the goal. (laughs) Right. Right. Like that's not what we should be focused on. Mm -hmm. How can we make these kids happy, healthy and successful?
0: Right. So what is your planning been for the school year since you're kind of up in the
1: air? Well, we, our school district just got new or elementary school. We just got new textbooks. So really, um, we won't start going to school till next week. Um, So other than just, like, a little bit of, like, okay, here's our new reading material, and here's the policies that we think might be indicated. Um, Okay, so things I've had to personally think about. I don't have a bathroom in my classroom. Okay. So – Walking in a line. How are we going to do that? I teach seven-year-olds and I'm constantly like, oh, get back. Like, get your elbow out of their ribs. <laughs> Stop touching <laughs> right, each other. Don't poke each other. Um, so walking in a line, are we going to have a rope with carabiners on it that's spaced out? Can they touch the carabiners? Do I have to sanitize them every wow. time? What wow. if they wear a mask to the playground? They don't have to wear it while they're playing as of right now. So we can't touch them. Where are they going to hang them? What are they going to do with their mask while they're so there's just all of these classroom management things that are um, like we are going to have to eat. We used to have duty free lunch where we had 30 minutes to eat on our own. Yes. And we're going to be eating in the classroom with the students now. OK. Um, And so there's like a question, you know, sometimes planning in lunch are really far apart, like for somebody like me. How am I going to get a bathroom break? Is there going to be like a 10 minute or five minute where somebody else is going to come in? Are they going to be allowed to come into my classroom with my students? Um, So just lots of um, logistics. Yeah. Just how can we be compliant and still learn? Right. Wow. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, And
0: that's a lot. And so those are things that you really don't have answers to yet, even though there's been some meetings and things like that.
1: Right. And it's all very up in the air. Like we just don't know, like this is what we think it might look like. Um, But everything is subject to change.
0: Right. And going back to those, let's say, I don't really like the term so much, but at risk Uh children, children, and even the privileged children whose parents work and they are home alone. Mm-hmm. Is there a new rule for that in the state of Tennessee? Are these parents gonna have their children taken away if they leave them home alone? Um,
1: they can't afford daycare. There's like precisely. I mean there will definitely be more students left at home by themselves. I'm just sure of that. Um, Most and definitely. so, and just by nature, then they probably won't be compliant with some laws. and um, yeah, it could probably it has the potential to turn into like a really dirty downward spiral, yes, um. mm-hmm.
0: so yeah, so um going back to the recent reports and the things coming out, how does that make you feel? And I know you spoke to before about the anxiety and the mental anguish and the way that the teachers feel, but with information just kind of constantly changing, how does that personally make you feel?
1: I'm change. I'm I'm okay with change. Like I've kind of gotten to a place in my life where I, I don't need routine too much. I'm I'm kind of okay with uh, change, but I know that a lot of people aren't, and I know a lot of students aren't. Um, and so for me, I wrote a little piece like at the beginning of the quarantine, talking about showing up without physically showing up, mm-hmm. like um, just trying to protect like your mental state and just trying to do things such a self-care to try to keep that positivity up, um, mentally, physically healthy. Um, and so now kind of like full circle, now we have to show up. And Mm -hmm. so how can we show up and show up from that place still of positivity and light? Um, and so really from, that's what I'm just like, this is a time of year that's always an anxious time for teachers. We, we're going to meet new students. It's a different group. Um, we want to try new things. But that anxiety is always quelled with, like, the kids are coming. Like, that's the magic. Like, that's what we live for, you know. Um, that's my favorite time of the day is in the morning when I get to stand outside my classroom and say hey and get hugs. And, like, I can't do that this year. right? Um, so it's kind of like how, how do I personally try to show up in a positive way to try to shed a little light with these students who may have not had a good experience since they've been at home Um, Mm -hmm. to other teachers who may really be struggling. Um,
0: Yeah, because it is, again, as you spoke to the mental health of the teachers as well, you guys are also human beings. (laughs) Right. And, and just, it's,
1: it's natural. They talk about like the emotional draining of being a teacher because you love your kids. So you take on their um their academic struggles and successes. You take on their home struggles and successes because you care about them. Um and so just like being a teacher during regular normal years is um can be emotionally draining. Um and so we're all gonna come with some extra <laughs> shit this
0: year. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah you're, yes, Sorry. you're fine, okay. you're fine. It's just the S word. <laughs>
1: you're okay, you're totally fine. I gotta work on that if I'm gonna be around kids.
0: Yes, <laughs> <laughs> Yes, oh wow, so yeah, that is a lot just to to take in. And what about the teachers that are older, like you mentioned earlier, to kind of backtrack that aren't comfortable with remote learning or Zoom learning or, you know, get very frustrated with
1: things like the computer. Well, and a lot of those teachers too are the ones who they're so they're like sponges right now. They want to know. Oh, good. It's like, give me, give me this info. Tell me what to do. What platform should I use? How am I going to assign these students these assignments? But there is no concrete what to do right now. Right. So they're kind of, I feel like, in an extra place of, like, I don't feel comfortable doing this remote learning. But none of y'all can tell me how to do it right now. Um, are we going to have kids in the classroom? You know. I. Um, and do you know those numbers at all?
0: Of Have you guys gotten any numbers of, like, say, for your school, who has enrolled in? Mm-hmm.
1: So... In the grade I teach, I think there's about 90 students enrolled and close to 30 um, were enrolled as remote learners. Okay. So, and the deadline closes today, actually the 24th. So um, those numbers could still go up. Right. Um, How many
0: students are in your, how many classrooms are in your second grade? There's five.
1: Okay. Okay. And there was five last year, and we all averaged about 19, 20 students all year round. Okay. Um, If the numbers are what they are this year, they might be 12 or 13. Okay. Um,
0: Do you think that would give you an opportunity at all, even though it is more distance, to have some maybe more one-on-one contact with students, even though the students at home may be suffering more? Right. Yeah.
1: No, that's that is an opportunity to build deeper connections with students so that's definitely like an upside to it um if we're able to (laughs) we will be able to i I just worry that um spread apart don't touch that get some hand sanitizer i'm I'm afraid that all of that is is going to get in the way of um the actual learning
0: and teachers and children alike that deal with any type of anxiety. That's just going to create so much more anxiety and fear
1: to have to be, you know, okay, get the hand sanitizer. Don't touch this. Don't touch right. that. Like, whoa. Well, and like the whole first few weeks of school are just that teaching procedures, how to get in line, where are the pencils? Um How do we go to the bathroom? How do we act on the playground? And so now our routines for the whole first few weeks of school are going to have to change because they're different and they require different things. Now, um, th- there is no shared anything. Um, right. so everybody will have their own pencils, their own, um, they all their own materials. So yeah, just the procedures will change. And we also, you know, we teach kids how to, um, how to do centers and how to do group work. Um, that won't exist. Well, and it's kind of like, should we spend the first few weeks of school teaching those procedures if we're not going to be here? Right. So there's, yeah, there's just so many um, unknowns. I really just feel like the most important thing for everybody involved to do is just try to take as best care of ourselves as we can so we can show up a hundred percent, because it's going to be a lot asked of everybody, teachers, students, parents, like everybody's going to have to be in it Mm a hundred percent.
0: And there's people that are just incapable of that.
1: Right. And there are, and there's people who, yeah, they just can't deal with it. Like they, yeah, you're right. Um,
0: Have you heard of the other schools in other countries opening with success? I I know Germany is one I can speak to. Um,
1: I haven't much followed. and I just think that we're so unique and not just the United States, but like our community. Like we're not New York. We're not. It's LA. not a dent. Right. And and so it's. It's hard to say. And like I said, I haven't paid too much attention to um, how they've been doing it in other okay. countries.
0: Well, I just have read a little bit that there has been success. And that was something that kind of Trump was using at the beginning Right. Um, but I guess now maybe has taken a step back from
1: which I was unaware of. And I think that was something that maybe he said last night or this morning, but it was it's a fairly new well uh, backtrack.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about I know you have some passions for children that you would like to incorporate and see happen. Would you like to speak to that at all?
1: Sure. Yeah. Um. I. OK, so mindfulness um, which is really just like physical awareness of your body and your mind, um, things like meditation, yoga, breath work, those types of things embody, um, mindfulness. And there's lots of research readily available, um, that supports that mindfulness can help heal certain traumas that are causing certain behaviors. Right. Um, and we have lots of behaviors at school. All schools have lots of behaviors. But um, most things I've seen are in response to a behavior. So it's okay. Johnny's flipping desks. So <laughs> I'm going to need somebody to come and get him out of the classroom. Right. So what I would like to see happen, because um, I've tried to do things in a classroom setting, in a small group setting, uh, by choice, like choose to come and do these things for part of recess but like who wants to do that you know like what eight seven eight year old i've done it with fourth grade too um wants to skip recess to like breathe
0: well and again that also goes back to kind of pigeon holding to you know like okay well i don't get to go out and play Right, precisely. i have to stay inside and breathe uh-huh. and so then not only do the children notice that but the teachers notice that and then it follows them Throughout their school career. Right.
1: And see, I never even I never it never got to that point for me just because I was just trying to feel things out as how could I make it work? Um, But I've kind of gotten to a place where I don't know if it could work the way I want it to doing it in group settings like that. Um, So what I would really like to see is one on one, like those students who are getting that uh, behavior intervention um, to also get like a trauma intervention programs um yeah you know a 30 minute maybe two 30 minute sessions a week with a trained professional maybe somebody who's a yoga teacher excuse me um who could guide them through a little 30 minute block of um those three things i mentioned earlier breath work yoga asanas body movement i try to stay away from a lot of the woo woo talk especially Mm -hmm. like with school and things like that Mm -hmm. um it can make people a little bit uncomfortable yeah but um So breathwork meditation and then body movements, yoga asana and, um, you know, just track that and see, you know, research shows that certain programs like that do work and they help reduce those behaviors that are results of that. So um, things are weird and I've talked to some different people about it and people in the school board are not. Well, actually, yes, but people in the school system are on board with it, but it's. That's one of those things right now that's kind of on the back burner, just because so many other things are uncertain. The crisis, yes. Right? Um, something like that would be good to offer for teachers. Oh yes. Um, at the training I was at yesterday, they were like, "Katie, will you we do some yoga with us during <laughs> our lunch?" And um, that's awesome. So we stretched a little bit, but yeah, I think um, just some type of mindfulness practice to try to combat some of those reactionary behaviors that are results of all the crazy
0: Mm -hmm. well and I think that's needed more now than ever but I do know that in bigger cities they've implemented things like that you know instead of going to the principal's office going to a meditation room things like that I've seen in bigger cities happen right they have
1: seen success that's encouraging um my, I think my biggest thing about it is, is it needs to be somebody who really knows what they're doing. Most definitely. Because um, you've taken plenty of yoga classes and mm-hmm. you know, yoga instructors, almost any type of class, if it feels uh, scripted or inauthentic, you feel that. And oh, it's hard yes. to like, let your insecurity or whatever, let your guard, like let your down. guard down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, And to actually participate in that. So I don't want it to just be like a willy nilly, like breathe in and out, you know, um, this and that. Like, I really think that somebody needs to with experience needs to come in there so it could actually really be effective because Mm -hmm. um, I just know that that's something that can make things not effective when it feels like rehearsed or like they're reading from a script, because that's how I started. I started making outlines. To give to teachers so that they could put together these 30 minute blocks, you know, choices for breath work and choices for body movement. Um, but reading a script like that, it, it, you know, well, it doesn't work
0: and it doesn't work if you don't have any sort of intuition, which I believe is a gift. Um, so I'm not saying everyone should have it. I know you do. But the ability to be able to even understand What child needs it, or or or
1: what they need—that is a gift. Yeah, yeah, and definitely, like you can't speak into your little right buddy friend kindergartner. Sorry, I didn't Mm -hmm, know. mm -hmm. Um, you know, he would need something different than even his sister. Like, yeah, you know, they're just two different children. They are energy levels, interests, you know, those type of things, and um. But yeah, I think so with like, some, I, f- I feel like with some training, like if you could get like a few quality individuals in there, a few times a week, pulling kids almost like a speech therapist or yes. the OT works with people. Like I'm scheduled to work with Krista Tuesdays at ten thirty. I'll be here, meet you in the quiet space because really that's all you need: thirty minutes in a quiet space and somebody who knows what they're doing. And I really think that that could help so many students,
0: and especially now. Um, oh, yeah. But I agree always, but especially now. But what are the chances of our government actually recognizing that, having a heart for that and funding things like that?
1: Well, let me just speak towards our local government. No, because, that's great. Well, I, and I really appre- like I, I'm I feel very privileged to work for Johnson City Schools like I I truly believe that those people have the best interest of the students and the teachers at heart. Um, and so I think the chances are good. Like honestly, depending on budget, you know what I mean? Like, right. You know, what, what are the chances? Like, what's it going to cost us to create one or two positions this year? You know, and they could be considered teaching positions maybe. Um, like what's, what's that going to hurt? Especially if, it could help a lot of children. Um, and so I feel like if it was pitched right <laughs> and and I do think that the people who would be listening to this are receptive to things that help children and it's research based. Um and if you can show that, I think it would be worth the risk. And I I mean I haven't asked yet, but I I hope that members would be um, open to that. When I believe the payoff would be even <laughs>
0: so great that if this was actually implemented, you would see things like less crime, children, you know, being more successful. Yes. I believe the the outcome would be the payoff is there, I guess I'm trying to say. There is a payoff that would happen maybe if you didn't even see it immediately 100% the, the the children are our future and so implementing something like that could seriously affect so many different areas mm-hmm. and truly affect who they become as a person their Especially character when they're young like
1: that yes and those behaviors are just starting to manifest and those patterns are starting to solidify
0: mm-hmm. starting to break
1: those when they're young yeah i um and i have a I have a friend who i've talked to she um she's a professor at etsu who's if we're able to get this program going uh, has offered to track data oh, that's so um, great. you know surveys and that's kind of her expertise too um so yeah that that's my wish is that like we could just get get the go for a year um get as much data as we can to try to show growth and then hopefully um, we'll have that to support this. And um, it'll be like a no brainer, like, oh, my gosh, yes, we're investing in the well-being of these children. That
0: would be so mm-hmm. <laughs> unbelievable as a parent. Oh, my gosh. Well, I would love that so thing much. Is, is
1: almost, Well, I won't say every school, but almost every elementary school has their own RTIB person. And that's so RTI is you get intervention if you fall behind in a, Area in school, math, reading, um, and you get extra help during a certain time. Well, RTIB is intervention for behavior, but it's just that—it's just intervening for problematic behavior, behaviors that keep that child from learning or other children from learning.
0: Not treating the symptom,
1: right? But they hire those people to do that. You know what I mean? Right. So I'm like, if you can hire those people. Like let's let's try to backtrack. And what if we can hire these people, and then you don't need those people anymore? That's like, right. Like, don't we train those people to be these people?
0: Well, and I will say, and I love Johnson City schools as well. And again, I have a child in private school, and two children not because they are not allowed the services they need in the private schools right. here, unfortunately, um, and they do not allow people to come in as well. So, so that's why we have the two separate yeah. areas. Um, and and my son gets pulled out for RTI, not RTIB, uh, 30 minutes a day. I hate to say this, but, and I love the person who oversees it. I love his school principal. They're amazing. I've had so many meetings with them, but did I see any improvement? None. Mm. And I, and that could be not, that could be my son's own issue,
1: We don't know yet. Well, and I'll tell you that in my six years of teaching and having students go to RTI, you get these monthly updates. Like, are they making progress? No. And some do and some don't. Okay. It's uh, different strokes for different folks. And children are different learners. It may not be that they actually have a problem with uh, blending, but they're dyslexic. And so they're seeing letters. But, you know, there's just so many different things. things and those rti umbrellas are so broad right that sometimes whatever they need maybe narrow i don't know yeah sometimes they get the skills they need and sometimes they don't so um my only beef with is is they miss um rti or not rti but they miss their related arts um to go and do that really yes wow i had no idea yes uh, maybe I don't know about it, your school. Each school is different. Like each school has their own RTI coordinator and different things. But that's also another thing that like we're like it's we're mandated to do this. Like we have if, if a child falls becer- below a certain percentile, they are going to get RTI services mm-hmm. to try to get them up to where they need to be. Mm-hmm. Some students will be in RTI their entire life, right?
0: Again that though If they're missing arts That again creates a disparity 100%. So okay So if you So like say for instance My little boy He's very good with his hands He might possibly be an engineer Or a musician He may learn through music mm-hmm. And so now you take that away So not only is he Going to have less education But now he won't even have access To the arts Right Whoa <laughs>
1: But like I said, it may not be... Um, well, but if it's like, that it, way at any school, right. I have a problem with it. Well, yeah. No, <laughs> not it's, just for my own child. And it's a catch-22 because there's parents, you know, and I've talked to numerous parents who have had these concerns that are, yes, I want them to be able to read. Like, I want them to be able to complete sentences. But I want them to go to art. I want Most them to definitely. be able to go to gym. Um, And so it's... And that's something that doesn't even... <laughs> have the virus to affect how it works, you know? Well, I mean, right. it will affect it now, but I'm saying that was something we were trying to deal with before. Um, Why
0: is that? Is that just the only time that they can
1: schedule that? Well, a lot of it is certain schools. I think a lot of it has to do with funding and people who can get hired because there are people who are hired as RTI, um, assistance And so that's just their job. They work with different grade levels whenever they come through and they provide, you know, whatever supplementary lessons they need. Um, whereas so some schools who don't get um, Title IX funding. Is it Title IX? It came out of my mouth and it didn't sound right. <laughs> I think that's what it's called. Who, you know, maybe don't meet that threshold of free introduced lunch. So they don't get certain types of funding. So maybe they don't have money to hire those RTI people. So maybe a teacher has to take 30 minutes from their planning to provide RTI. Wow. Because those students, as mandated by this, have to have those services. Um, And so trying to find the people to do that. um, That are qualified. Right. That are qualified and um, are willing to do that because um, it's not a teaching position. Mm hmm.
0: hmm. I wanted you to be able to have an opportunity to share that passion because I so admire that about you. Thanks. That you have that idea. And I really hope that you guys can. I know you're going to get the research. I hope that you can get the funding to do that, because, again, going back to covid, it's even more critical
1: now. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, me too. I would love for that to happen, and I would love for it to be something that's so um, ingrained in the schools that people who um, – kids who don't have RTIB, just, a you know, a parent who's concerned because their child's a little quiet or they seem, like, extremely shy, um, could be recommended, you know, or a parent could request. Could they, could they work with the mindfulness teacher or, you know, whatever fun name we come up with?
0: Oh, my um, gosh. That would be so amazing.
1: Yeah, so – end goal like hopefully <laughs> hopefully everybody's mental state will become something that uh we're worried about mm-hmm. and that can kind of come to the forefront of things other than um test scores and um
0: because as we say on this podcast we are a whole right we're yeah. not separate parts mm-hmm. we are a whole and so if our goal could be to have whole
1: children mm-hmm. wow we would see the world change Right. And we're in a place where there's lots of little children who are going to are growing up in this right now. Super malleable. And. um And teachers may be the only people who are. A positive influence in their life, like, unfortunately, like, I hate to even say that, but for a lot of kids, like they're so happy to come back to school because. They may have not had anybody smile at them, or you know, give them a compliment, give them a hug. Like that's gonna be my biggest thing is when a seven year old comes up to me with their arms open and me like, like trying to push them away. Like that's gonna ha- that's gonna break my heart. Like that's the thing I'm worried about the most. Is like, no, I'm sorry, you can't hug me.
0: I just love you, Katie. <laughs> I see the tears in your eyes. That's that's. Yeah, I can't imagine, especially that grade, because they do love that. They want that physical touch. Well, sometimes
1: it's sometimes that's what they need in that grade. You know what I mean? Like sometimes that's the only thing a child will remember is like, oh, that was such a good year. Like our, my teacher was really nice or my friends were so sweet. Like I, I loved that year. Very rarely do they remember like, oh, yeah, Miss so-and-so taught me to read or that was a person who taught me long division. <laughs> Right. Right. So. Right. It's it's
0: that connection that they remember mm -hmm. always.
1: Yep. And so that's going to be the big goal is trying to stay connected without physically connecting.
0: And do you know when we will know as parents how you will implement the six feet rule, as you mentioned, the carabiners? Um, Do you know when we will have that information? Because if the deadline is today, let's say the deadline's today Mm -hmm. and I'm worried about my children going to school. And catching COVID.
1: Yeah. So, like, where so – how does that work? It'll depend on how big the rooms are and how many students are. Now, the last guidelines I read were not six feet in the classroom. They were three. Okay. Um, But I think if they're closer than three – there's lots of, like I said, everything's been changing, like even things that we've gotten in a document as late as, you know, Monday changed by Monday night because of the school board meeting. Um, so there's been reports that we were going to have to wear masks in the classroom. We weren't going to have to wear a mask in the classroom. We in the classroom. Um, only if students are, you know, within a certain proximity are they going to have to wear. Um, I've seen some 12 and up.
0: Have you heard that? Like only 12 and up would have to wear a mask?
1: Yes. But I know for our school system that like any common area, anytime we're in the hallway, the bathroom, um, which and they're going to try to keep down on that by trying to keep us in the classroom as much as they can. Mm -hmm. Um, So it'll really depend on class sizes and how many students are in the room, how big the classroom is and how much space we can create.
0: Yeah, so again, if I'm uh, if I'm a parent living in Fear and the decision has to be made today, yet you as a teacher or a school board can't tell me mm-hmm. how far apart my children are going to be, then how am I supposed to make that decision today? Precisely. Yeah.
1: We're all on the same team on this one. What do we do?
0: Right. Well, I guess you know, mask up, good luck. Like yeah, you said. Up, yes. <laughs> so thank you Katie so much. Yes. Um is there anything else you want to share? At all.
1: Thanks for having me. No. Yes.
0: Thank you. You're a wealth of you. information. And I'm um, so glad to helpful. have you on. No, it was definitely helpful. And if anyone has questions again, you can subscribe to the podcast. Um, you can get in touch with, with me and I can put you in touch with other people in the community that are like-minded that are kind of on this same page together um, and hopefully make the most informed decision that they can Um, by the end of today. Yeah. (laughs) And when this airs, that will be over.
1: So. Yep. I guess uh, mask up. Good luck, everybody.
0: That's right. Thank you, Katie, so much. Thanks for having me.